Good morning, beautiful people. Welcome to my channel. Thank you for your likes, shares, subscribes. So Rahu and Ketu study. What's another couple of words I can use to describe Rahu and Ketu as the energetic form that we deal with? All of us are dealing with it. All seven billion of us. What is the word? Exaggeration, over amplification, over shrinkage, over attachment, over detachment. If there's one thing that you should learn from this entire series that is coming through Rahu and Ketu study, both attachment and detachment are illusions. For all those who keep going on praising about Ketu as detachment, you should be detached and then you should go run away to the Himalayas somewhere, grow a tall beard and sit naked for half a century. I would rethink that idea again. Both attachment and detachment are illusions. The center point and the balance point of Rahu Ketu is attained when one first begins the journey of knowing that both are illusions. Both Rahu and Ketu along that axis are an illusion. It has to be realized in this polarized world, in the polarity that we are living, we have to realize that both exist. You don't have to be attached to one thing overtly. You don't have to be detached from the opposite end of that spectrum. Both are present. Everything is present in this one universe. Everything is inclusive. The fact that we tend to exclude one and say this is what it is and this is what it is not, Ketu, this is what it is and I want more of this stuff, Rahu. The fact that we keep doing this doesn't make it so in the reality. That's the illusion. Okay. So here we are going to, we are still sticking around in the Pisces Virgo. We'll take Uttrabhadrapada and Hasta and Chitra now. Sorry, Hasta and Uttrafalguni. Okay. The opposite axis. So we shall cover this in this video. But keep this in mind. Always look first for the dispositor, the disposition of Rahu which is the zodiac sign ruler, you have to look for wherever it sits. And the Ketu disposition as well, where it finds itself detached from. Okay. And if you've already seen a couple of these videos, you can skip the middle part, go directly to the pie chart where we analyze Bhaipadas. Okay. So let's get into it. So number one, the classical characteristics of Rahu and Ketu as described by the classical Vedic literature. Okay, What is Rahu and Ketu? These are the north and the south nodes of the moon formed by the virtual points which are the intersection points between orbit of the moon around the earth and orbit of the earth around the sun. So basically if you take two eclipses, ellipses, it will form two intersection points. Yeah, So these Two intersection points are called the North Node and the South Node. They are virtual nodes, although they behave like planets and we shall see why in a minute. So who is Rahu? The symbols are there like a horseshoe and the reverse horseshoe. right? This is typically how it is portrayed in Western astrology. So I am using the same symbol here. Rahu is mythologically depicted as the severed head of a demon, symbolizing constant, endless, insatiable hunger and appetite, be it sensual or physical, yet it is unable to hold on to or grasp it. Rahu is the one who constantly wants something. Think of it as a live head only, not the body. Okay. 
So it can't hold on to anything or be satisfied even if it gets that thing, since it has no arms or body or stomach, just a head which is alive. This gives Rahu the title of Bhogakaraka or meaning one who is after sensory materialistic pursuits. So think any earth sign for example, they want sensory materialistic pursuits. Or think any of the signs literally, whatever they are after, Rahu wants that and wants that very badly and goes after it with everything. This is an energy in us by the way, it is not a planet, it's a virtual node, but it will behave like a planet which we shall see why. So it is unable to satisfy that hunger or hold on to anything even though it gets something. It wants to move on to the next and then to the next and then to the next. This is why Varahu is also called as the guy who wants foreign things, not of the native land or not of what the person is natively born in. Why? Because of that insatiable hunger. There is always insatiable hunger to go after one thing after the another without being able to hold on to it. That's Rahu. Ketu, on the other hand, is mythologically depicted as the severe body, the remaining half of the demon, symbolizing constant, endless, insatiable search for identity. It is looking for the head, but it doesn't have a head. So it is looking for that identity. Everybody's identity, ego is centered in the head, what you look like, right? It is also seeking for true purpose, sense of self. As a result of this, it tries to hold and grab on to everything that it can find its hands on because it has got hands. Ketu has got hands. It's trying to hold on to everything but it releases immediately because it knows that's not the head. It's like trying to grasp on to everything thinking, oh I want this or I am this, I am that, I am this. Not getting any identity because it's not finding the head there. Since it has arms and walks everywhere, it goes around through life, walking from place to place, people, situations, circumstances, but not knowing who or what it is. It doesn't have a head. This is why Ketu is referred to as Mokshakaraka or the seeker's path, the one energy in us which seeks something. That's why Ketu is called the Mokshakaraka. Now this is the classical interpretation. Okay. Now we shall see how this plays out in the modern interpretation. Very important to connect the bridges. Now here you have the Rahu Ketu general characteristics as modern interpretation. This I have borrowed from the book Light on Life by Robert Suvada. Excellent book. I have put it in the community tab if you want to go through it or purchase it and read it. I seriously suggest that. Okay. The North Node of the Moon, Rahu. What does it become because of the characteristics which classically is told in the texts? What does Rahu lead to in the modern context? Rahu is responsible for originality, individuality, independence, insight, ingenuity, inspiration and imagination on the positive side. Because Rahu and Ketu both love to explore foreign stuff, things out of the box, things not taught by tradition, Rahu and Ketu will be anything but traditional. Okay? Think of it as something foreign to the culture, to the way you are taught things. Looking for original stuff. If there is one singular force that is responsible for creating everything that we keep modernizing, so to speak, thinking out of the box, it is this. That's why it's important to pay attention to this. Okay, back to this. So Rahu on the downside becomes leads to confusion, escapism, neurosis, psychosis, deception, addiction, vagueness, illusion and delusion. This is the downside. Now how this plays out and why we will have to see individually in the charts. We shall see that. Okay, Ketu. Ketu, 
the guy with only the body no head there is gives us the feeling of universality impressionability idealism intuition compassion spirituality self sacrifice subtleness on the positive side on the downside it can lead to eccentricity fanaticism explosiveness violence unconventionality amorality iconoclasm impulsiveness and emotional tensions this is on the downside this is what it plays out and rahu ketu is typically an axis like it is shown over there right rahu ketu let me remove myself for the time being from that axis okay there you are so you see it as an axis okay 180 degrees apart and it can play out in any one of the opposite houses it can play out in 172 8 39 4 10 etc etc it can be you'll see that later but this axis becomes a definition point of where in your life in your different houses are you looking for these two aspects and they are always opposite to each other as you can see okay to stand opposite to each other so if it plays out in second house it detaches itself from the eighth house if rahu is in second house it ketu will be in the eighth house you see what i mean and so you will bring the eighth house aspect with these aspects shown here second house with that aspect shown over there of course it plays out with something called as dispositors we shall see that next now if you go to a traditional vedic astrology they will go on and on endlessly about dispositors what the hell is a dispositor it's an invented term by the vedic astrologers it is no meaning of its own it shows the disposition and what's the story on this rahu and ketu both are enemies of the sun and the moon this is the basic principle so it has the solar aspect and the lunar aspect the solar aspect is called the dispositor and the lunar aspect is the nakshatra which gives the entire characteristics and the ball game of rahu and ketu okay the solar or the dispositor means since rahu and ketu are enemies with the sun and do not have a full identity of their own remember it's a virtual node it is not a planet they both do not have any planetary characteristic individually so they take on the identity or the disposition of the lord of the zodiac sign that they sit in and borrow the attributes of the house from which that lord sits in suppose mercury is in the third house okay and rahu sits in the house of mercury somewhere else so it will borrow the attributes of mercury sitting in that third house and bring it to that particular house wherever rahu is sitting in got it nakshatras since rahu and ketu are enemies with the moon and do not have a full identity of their own individually they take on the shade of personality nakshatra is essentially a shade of personality it's coloring of a personality it's seeing the world through different colored glasses that they sit in and borrow the nakshatra traits and attributes which color their propensities so rahu and ketu do two things at the same time at the solar level it goes with the dispositor that is all of the planets physical planets mercury mars venus sun moon so on so they take on the attributes of whichever house they are sitting if it sits in rahu sits in cancer it will you have to look for where moon is sitting which house and what it is doing there and even the moon nakshatra if it is sitting in leo rahu in leo that means it you have to look for where sun is sitting and which nakshatra and which house so it will bring those attributes that's the way you have to analyze this okay 
let's see some aspects of which house they play in and why now there are some vital aspects that you keep, need to keep in mind when evaluating rahu and ketu because this is important for, especially for people who are sort of looking for self development to understand where they are coming from if you're not interested in changing yourself this entire channel is useless for you but if the other one who is interested in knowing what is happening in my life where do i need to go what are my talents and you question these kinds of things excuse the noise somebody is drilling about so then you need to understand these aspects now that's the typical chart indian chart and house numbers are depicted as 1 2 3 4 up till 12 dharma artha kama moksha is there and i have stuck rahu ketu as possible axis on the 1 7 that is aries and libra that is the top and the bottom so either it can go to house number 1 or 7 rahu ketu can be reversed it's okay it doesn't matter or in 4 and 10 now 1 4 7 and 10 in vedic astrology are given very vital importance because they are the foundational aspects that define who you are that define how you operate in life throughout life so these become crucial why the 1 7 axis effects if rahu and ketu fall on there has a direct effect on your self and other concept one and seven is self and other how you re- relate to yourself and how you relate look at the world around you as others including the spouse because seventh house is the house of the spouse but also others so how you develop through life and how you develop a relationship with others so it defines who you are in a very broad sense one seven axis of rahu ketu the full 10 on the other hand fourth house being the house of the mother 10th being father fourth being home 10th being career you see this has a you know all kinds of implications which define who you are the 410 axis has effects on the heart versus mind mind wants to, is the one who goes out there in the world and being used in the career right you dissipate your energy as the mind in the external world heart is your home your home center where you feel comfortable home is where the heart is that kind of a thing so heart and home is affected by this rahu ketu axis again rahu and ketu might be reversed rahu might be in the fourth ketu might be in the tenth or vice versa same way with one and seven but these are the vital relating aspects of rahu and ketu now what about the rest of the houses now rest of the houses are called trikona or kona in sanskrit right these are the things that come and go in your life the let be second house third house fifth house sixth eighth ninth eleventh and twelfth these are the things that come and go in our life through life through your entire life these are things that are added into subtracted from us but this is not us 147 and 10 is us everything else is secondary which revolves around you as life comes and goes all other axes depict what attachments and detachments we have towards different areas of our life that's all it is they are less significant in terms of rahu and ketu when compared to 1 7 4 and 10 axis of rahu and ketu please remember this when you evaluating you just have more propensity towards one part of life and less towards others rahu is attachment ketu is detachment rahu is expansion ketu is reduction and they stand opposite to each other all this right now let's take the cases one by one so there we have it uttra bhadrapada hasta uttra falguni pisces virgo this is what we are dealing with now the rahu ketu axis has moved it has come to uttra bhadrapada as you can see on the top it is still within pisces 
So first you got to look at first order of business. Jupiter is the ruler and the dispositor in this case of Rahu. So wherever Jupiter falls in your chart, first birth chart, first look at that. Which house it's sitting in, what the fifth and the ninth aspects and what it is Jupiter wants to do in that position. Also, look at the Jupiter nakshatra where it is standing. So, Jupiter nakshatra placement will also give you the disposition of Jupiter itself. This is how the layers become complex. It's like peeling the layers of an onion. Yeah. So, Rahu in this case is still in the Jupiter aspect, meaning it wants to be like Jupiter. It wants to teach. It wants to feel like the Guru. Guru is a Jupiter. And on the other hand, Ketu wants to be detached from Mercury, Virgo, still ruled by Mercury, still ruled by Earth sign. So detachment from the earthly aspects of intelligence, wherever earthly intelligence has to be used. Virgo is a very practical Earth sign. If you are detached from that, it gives you kind of a weird sensation, right? Everything about Rahu and Ketu is weird anyway, right? There is no normal Rahu and Ketu. We are discovering the weirdness, the craziness of human beings here. Okay, this is psychology 101. Now, if you see the white arrow marked there, we are going by pada by pada. So it's in the moksha pada of Uttarabhadra pada. Now we go to the nakshatra level. What does Uttarabhadra pada want? It is seeking emotional permanence. Seeking permanence is an unstable world. Go through my nakshatra playlist for the full themes. Okay, and see what applies to you. So, in the Mokshapada, it goes from one water sign, Pisces, to Scorpio in the Navamsha. So, in the Scorpio, the Rahu Ketu, Rahu Dispositor will become Mars. Yes? Scorpio, which wants to go deep internal. In Hasta, on the other hand, the Ketu, the Ketu uh, Dispositor, Virgo being Mercury, which is grounded. But in the Navamsha, it becomes Venus because it goes into Taurus. And this is a little crazy sign. What does Hasta want? What is Hasta good at? Hasta is good at hand skills. Hasta wants to accomplish things with hands. They are good at communication skills. They want to go out there and achieve stuff. They make good comedians. Stand-up comedy, for example. right? Everything to do with skills is Hasta. They have the power of skill in their hands. Now, if you say Virgo and Taurus being very earthly signs and you stick in Keto over there, this person has a lot of talents, hand skills, and but is very detached from that. Ketu makes a person have something, but it's detachment from it. You may have a lot of wealth, but you may be detached from wealth. You may have a lot of education, but it's nah, I don't care about this. Don't care attitude. Neglecting Ketu is a bad idea. Just so you know, okay? Because Ketu is where your strength is. As Western astrology puts it, Ketu is your, or south node of the moon is what you bring from past lives. Rahu is where you want to go, the north node of the moon. This is the way Western astrology puts it. There's some meaning in that. This is how you got to see this, okay? That's the first pada. Now let's see the next one, what happens. So, in the second pada of Uttarabhadrapada, who is looking for emotional permanence, a sense of emotional stability in life. That's the theme of Uttarabhadrapada, being in Pisces, ruled by Jupiter because it's in Pisces. Here Rahu wants to achieve that um, sense of emotional counterpart of wisdom. 
wisdom not as in dry teaching not as in just studying the entire vedas or whatever scriptures or anything jupiter here is not so much interested in that because it's colored by uttarabhadrapada meaning what it is colored by a need to feel emotional fulfillment remember jupiter whatever it touches it expands so it depends upon where the dispositor is sitting if it is sitting in the emotional houses the moksha houses the 4 8 and 12 it will become most strongly so if it is sitting in earth signs it might want to feel that emotion through the earthly stuff if it is sitting in air signs it will become a abstract sense of sensuality of aesthetics it may expand that so you got to see all these aspects and the nakshatra of jupiter as well because the nakshatra of jupiter is not necessarily uttar bhadrapada you you getting what i'm saying jupiter might be in a completely different house in a completely different nakshatra so you got to go through the 27 nakshatra playlist to understand this better and you got to revisit this i suggest you become student of this thing rather than go by any one person or one understanding because only you know you best this is where i come from and i'll continue to now ketu is sitting on the other hand in the dharma pada virgo going into aries in navamsha we are talking about mercury mercury and mars now mercury and mars right if you see the table of the dispositor there mercury and mars is neutral to one another so it doesn't ketu does not have much trouble here although later in life this person might transcend into being more passionate about things more mars like in more initiator kind he might tend to initiate stuff because ketu matures all both rahu and ketu mature through age it does not stick around for ever troubling you okay that's not the way to view this everything matures all the planet points mature in vedic astrology where they bring in the wisdom of passion but it is detached from that okay it still wants to go towards emotional content it still wants to go from emotional content feeling in the emotional body pisces but going into libra when it goes into the mind it becomes a higher concept of aesthetic sense of beauty of understanding what the essence of that venus is what the essence of that beauty is of course navamsha you evaluate with respect to navamsha placement okay because the ascendant can change most of the time it does right now let's get into pada 2 cuz we are going in the reverse order so what's happening in pada 2 now this is a really strange arrangement it can be tricky for if individuals have this access pay attention why because it goes in navamsha the not sorry the navamsha in the birth chart it's in pisces virgo natal to navamsha artha pada that means the rahu is still there in pisces jupiter is still calling the shots for rahu as is mercury calling the shots for ketu as it is positive however in this case what happens is the axis between rahu and ketu energy in this case for uttara bhadrapada goes from pisces to virgo in navamsha whereas the ketu axis goes from virgo to pisces so each one is reversed in this you see what i'm saying so they changing the sense of rahu and ketu from one opposite to the other through later in life this person can completely switch personalities he may they may be one type of personality till 36 years of age and maybe a completely different type of person after that they might be completely doing a flip 
of personalities later on in life. Isn't that interesting? Because Pisces changes to Virgo for Rahu and for Ketu, Virgo changes to Pisces. Pisces to Virgo, Virgo to Pisces. You see this? Okay. So this is the reversal, complete reversal of personality post 36. Now why I am saying post 36, most astrologers will put it and I am just following the same thing to show you in the form of teaching. How it works out, you have to see for yourself. What is transforming? They say that person really matures after 36 of years of age when Saturn matures, right? See the maturity series of Saturn. So, that being said, Navamsha of every person kicks in after 36 years of age. So, the person flips the entire way they function after 36 years of age. Although, personally, if you ask me, I haven't seen much truth to this. Navamcha is how you behave with others. You are still you. Birth chart still rules in my opinion. So if you just take birth chart itself, if you just take the natal column and stick to it, you'll get a pretty good meaning. Let's go for the last pada. So there we have it, the fourth pada, which goes Rahu into Pisces. We still have Pisces and Virgo, so it's still Jupiter and Mercury. However, in the Navamsha, it becomes the Leo Aquarius, push and pull, the father and the son. <clears throat> Which means Rahu in Leo will extremely want dominance there, right? Rahu wants dominance. Rahu wants more to experience more of wherever it is sitting in. In Leo, you will have to watch in Navamsha, if you want to explore that, the sun, where the sun is sitting in. Because Rahu there will want to behave like the popular guy, right? And if you go have... You know, Sun placed in the ninth house and Rahu placed somewhere in the eleventh house, right? The dispositor is what we got to be seen. So if Rahu goes into Leo, the dispositor is Sun. Let's say the Sun is in the ninth house and Rahu is in the eleventh house. The physical Sun. These kind of people are the shortcut to the fake gurus, okay? Because Rahu wants that. Or if Rahu is in the ninth house. We talk about that, lots of it going on, the fake guru culture. So, don't buy into all that. Rahu only wants to have an exemplified, exaggerated form of ego. It wants to feel the popularity. Ego wants to be admired, not the soul. Okay? So, between uh, Navamsha, between Leo and going into Aquarius, so Ketu stands in the Saturn house, the I'm not getting the words today, somehow mind is going black. So Saturn being the dispositor of Ketu in this case. So it will want detachment from the crowds. Aquarius is all about crowds. Aquarius is all about external world, going out to the masses. So it is detached from that. So it goes deep inside. Aquarius is still air. So it will want to have a deep internal mental examination and a sense of detachment from all earthly external aspects. Of course, you got to see where the sun is and where Saturn is placed in the Navamsha with respect to the Navamsha ascendant. So these kind of rules you got to keep in mind when you're analyzing this. If it's the birth chart, we are still talking about Jupiter as the dispositor and Mercury in Virgo. However, in Uttar Bhadrapada, what are you talking about? You're talking about emotional derivation of emotional content. 
in Uttara Falguni, you are talking about reaping the benefits of the past life and keeping the sort of love alive. Now we come to the nakshatra part of it. This Rahu in Uttara Bhadrapada wants emotional content. The Ketu in Uttara Falguni is sort of detached from whatever it has in terms of relationships. Uttara Falguni is about maintaining relationships. Purva Falguni is about going after a relationship. Remember, go through the nakshatras again. So Uttara Falguni here is kind of detached from that. Saying, I don't want that. I have a good wife or a husband. I am not interested much in that. Ketu detachment comes in. The theme comes in. Okay. So next we shall go into Purva Bhadrapada, the one-legged fire dragon. Next video. Take care, be safe.